Alrighty guys, what is going on and welcome back to the Eric Roberts Fitness Podcast. I hope you're doing super well. Um, just want to say first and foremost, uh, as more and more uh, people have begun to listen to the podcast, I've gotten incredibly kind and, and positive feedback. So if you are new listening, if you you know if you start listening within the past couple weeks or, or even a couple months, I, I do appreciate you if you've reached out to me and let me know you've been listening and, and let me know you enjoy it. Like, that really is what kind of keeps me uh, keeps me doing the podcast because I'll be very honest with you. Like, I know most people like when they put out an episode or when they put out you know any type of piece of content, really, they check to see how it does. Like, for example, I know people who put out podcasts and they like frequently check how many downloads they're at and this and that. And I've never done that once in my life. Like, I don't even know how to check how many people listen to the podcast. I probably, I'm sure I could figure out Google, but I just, it's just not something I've ever even really thought of because I just want to put out helpful content that is good that, you know, keeps you obviously wanting to come back and listen more. And, and again, hopefully I can help. And, and, you know, things like today's uh, podcast, for example, where I answer some Q&As. Like, so I just want to say again, Thank you for the positive feedback. Thank you for letting me know you're listening. Um, again, that is kind of what keeps me doing the podcast because if you follow me on various different platforms, you know you know, I'm doing Instagram, I'm doing TikTok, I'm writing articles, I'm starting to do YouTube videos again, I'm doing this podcast. So uh, you know, I don't quote unquote necessarily need to do the podcast. I do it because I enjoy doing it. But on top of that, I do, I do it because I know that you know, there are people out there listening who get value from it. So I just do want to say thank you for that. And um, yeah, if, if you are listening, if, if you do listen, if you enjoy it, feel free to obviously, you know, let me know, Le- leave a comment in the uh, in the re- review section below. And uh, and yeah, so just thank you guys so much if you are listening out there. Um, so diving right into the podcast today, I actually, um, I think I did a podcast recently that was a Q&A, probably about a week ago now. And um, I've been doing more um, Q&A style content on my Instagram too, if you don't follow me there at Eric Roberts Fitness, but I did a Q&A recently on my Instagram story, and I got like, oh my god, I think it was like 45, 50 questions, which is amazing, which is freaking awesome, like if you were following me that day, you probably saw like all the different posts I was answering questions to, but uh, you know, the, I, I do, again, I, I want to be able to answer your questions, I want to be able to help out, so I kind of took some of those questions, um, some from the Q&A, some I just get frequently, um, and kind of kind of talk about here today, so I think the first one is I've been getting a lot of questions recently on intermittent fasting and I get questions all the time on, you know, like fasting or keto or those kind of things. But uh, just for whatever reason, recently I've been getting more and more on fasting. So I kind of want to cover it. I want to cover it from like a uh, from a mainly a weight loss perspective. I'll kind of touch on health a bit, but mainly from a weight loss perspective. Um, So before I get into weight loss, there are some proven health benefits to fasting um that being said i i think it's very very individual and and what i mean by that is like for example i've had people who have come to me for coaching who have like hey i've done fasting because on my form on my website i ask you know what diets have you done and i've had multiple people come to me and say yeah i've done you know fasting but i didn't you know i I had a headache and i didn't feel good and i was always hungry and you know and i i'll ask how long they did it for they tell me you know three four five six weeks so it's not like they're just doing it for a couple days um and on top of that and again this is very individual but the the female hormonal reproductive system the process is based around your metabolism right so what goes into your metabolism somewhat is your is your meal timing your your meal frequency so if you're doing fasting those meal timings meal frequency may be off for you and that may lead to some hormonal changes in your body are they temporary 
I, personally, I don't have the research to know that, but I do know that meal timing and meal frequency and circadian rhythm play a role in a in a woman's metabolism into their hormonal reproductive system. So again, I've had people come to me and say, hey, you know, I tried fasting, I didn't feel good, I was moody, I was tired, this and that. So like, there are some benefits health-wise, but I would say, again, it's it's just very individual. As far as the, the research is there to show that there are benefits, but anecdotally speaking, just from, again, this is just purely from what I've seen as a coach, just it's a very, very individual basis. But on that same note, for example, my cousin right now, Falco, he, he's been doing intermittent fasting for like, almost 200 days. He's lost weight. His blood markers are good. He, he feels great. It's so easy to stick to X, Y, and Z. He fucking loves it. So like it, again, there's just two different sides of the spectrum where you just have to, in that instance, you're just going to have to see if it works for you or not. But what I, I will say this moving into the weight loss part of it, as long as your calories are equated for, so let's just say if you have to eat 1500 calories a day to lose weight, whether you eat them from a 16-8 fasting or whether you eat them from, you know, you eat at 5 in the morning and you, your last meal is 9 at night, as long as your calories are equated for, you're going to lose the same amount of weight. Whether you eat 1,500 calories in an 8-hour window or whether you eat 1,500 calories in a 12-hour window, it's it's the same thing, right? It, 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 as Again, as far as weight loss and fat loss goes, if you are eating 1,500 calories regardless, if they're equated for, fasting is not better for weight loss. Okay. So it just is going to come down to what can you, what can you adhere to and, and what can you stick to the best, right? If, if you really enjoy eating breakfast at 6am before you go to work, cool. Eat breakfast at 6am before you go to work. If you enjoy not doing that, cool. Don't do that. Like again, as, as long as you're, as long as you're in your deficit, a weekly deficit, as long as you're in your calorie weekly deficit, you are going to lose weight. And now the thing is like, so, okay, why does everybody talk about fasting for weight loss? Fasting for weight loss, it, it just, all it does is it restricts the times you can eat. So you don't, you you may not eat as much, right? If, if you can only eat for eight hours, well, then some people, again, some people may eat less during that time because instead of eating and snacking all day for you know, 15 hours, they can only eat for eight hours. But here's the thing, it could very well backfire. And I've seen this a million times too. It could very well backfire. And you could say, Hey, okay, I'm only going to eat for eight hours. When you do eat in that eight hour window, you eat ungodly amounts of food, and you're hungry as shit the rest of the day, right? So like, it it can be both sides of the spectrum. But again, it's, if you want to do fasting, cool, like totally, that's okay. Like nothing wrong with that. But again, as long as you're calories are equated for for the day and more importantly for the week you will see the same amount as uh, the same amount of weight loss if you were doing fasting or not fasting as long as you're eating the same amount of calories so that's kind of my uh that's kind of my thing on fasting and the last note i'll say is if you are exercising and, and you are wanting to kind of train and eat like an athlete then i would probably i would honestly probably not lean towards fasting because getting that muscle protein synthesis every three to five hours, and that just means, you know, eating protein every three to five hours, that has, again, that has been shown scientifical, you know, research studies that that is beneficial for an athlete looking to, you know, building muscle mass, recover from their workouts, et cetera, et cetera. So that is kind of one caveat I'll say, but, um, but again, other than that, as far as weight loss goals, it, it doesn't matter if you eat fasting or not fasting as long as you get your calories for the day. Um, so that's going to be the first topic covered. Um, the next one is going to go into... <laughs> 1200 calories and whether you have to eat 1200 calories to lose weight. And this is so, uh, 
there's so much talk about this on all of the social media platforms I go to, and people ask me this question nonstop. Um, you do not have to eat 1,200 calories to lose weight. Let me just make that very, very, very clear. I don't even know. I honestly have no clue where that number even came from. Like, why did why did they pick 1,200 instead of like 1,400 or 1,100? Like, I don't even know where that came from. It had to be somebody. I'm assuming pushing it. But um, yeah, you do not have to eat 1,200 calories to lose weight. Now, here's the thing. With, with that being said. I have had multiple clients who have had to eat 1200 calories to lose weight. Like that is just that is just it. Like it again, going back to it depends. Going back to it's very very individual. I've had multiple clients, but here's the thing, and let me make this very clear. I've had clients who have done 1200 calories and lost weight and they feel fine. They have good workouts. They feel good. They 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 sleep well. Like all of their biofeedback is well. Otherwise, I would not have them on 1,200 calories. Like, for example, most people try to do 1,200 calories because they think they have to to lose weight, and they're starving all the time. They're they're over-restricting their favorite foods. They're sleeping like shit. Their workouts suck. They can't get in proper carbohydrate amounts to fuel their workouts. Like, your, your biofeedback's awful. No, you should not be eating 1,200 calories if you feel like shit and perform like shit and sleep like shit. It's, you should not be doing that. But again, if – and, and – this is where I need to get into this point as well, and I'm going to link this article. I feel like I link this article on every podcast, but um, I'm going to link this article in the show notes here, but you have to be sure you're counting calories accurately. I don't, I don't know how I'm trying – I'm honestly trying to figure out more ways to say this than just by saying it outright because I see so many times people don't actually know how to track calories. They don't know how to actually count calories correctly, and again – this is big because if you swear up and down you're eating 1,200 calories and you're not losing weight, you're not eating 1,200 calories. There's something along the line where you're not weighing out your foods. You're not accounting for liquid calories. You're not accounting for um, cooking oils. You're not accounting for bites and snacks off your kids' plates. Whatever it is, you need to make sure that you're not half-assing your calorie counting. I, I Within the past couple weeks and months, I've gotten new clients where uh, I will onboard them and, and get them – actual knowledge on calorie counting they're like holy shit i wasn't tracking the snacks i was eating i wasn't tracking the bites like i didn't think it was that big of a deal i i wasn't for example i wasn't weighing out my 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 peanut butter on a tablespoon i just did a tablespoon i didn't realize that a tablespoon weighed out versus a regular tablespoon not weighed out is a difference of 150 200 calories right so like these things come into play so that's why i'm telling you don't half-ass your calories and again if you're not if you're not half-assing your calorie count and you are actually doing your calorie counting correctly, 9 out of 10 people don't need 1,200 calories to lose weight. So, again, if you are willing to put in the effort, you don't need to go that low. And random side note, I've seen this like two or three or four times in the past couple of days, and it's just – I don't even know where they get this from. But people are like, oh, don't ever eat 1,200 calories. That's what a that's what a baby infant needs for their nutritional needs. Like – what are you, what are you talking about? Like, what is? I don't even know what what relevance does that have to anything. Like, that doesn't even that doesn't help anybody. That makes no sense. Because again, you know what? Like, if you're a four eleven girl, like you might have to go down to twelve hundred calories to lose weight. That just may have to happen, right? So, like, I don't know. That was just a random side note. But like, I don't even know. That helps nobody. I feel like there people are just saying that to like boost their own ego or make them sound like they know what they're talking about. Like, I don't. I don't know. Do you count your infant's calories? Like, I don't. I don't. I don't know anybody who counted their baby's calories. Like, 
wait out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on this whole 1,200-calorie movement. And I've gotten some questions like, well, how do, you, how do you fit, you know, carbs or how do you fit healthy fats in your 1,200-calorie diet? Don't do 1,200 calories. <laughs> you won't have to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on, uh, on 1,200 calories there. Cool. So moving into the next one, um, how to recover after a workout. And there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a few things that kind of go into a recovery. Um, the first thing, first and foremost, I'm going to say is sleep. If you're sleeping for five hours a night, you're, you're not optimally recovering. You're not being able to, again, the, the only time your body really gets to recover is when you're sleeping because obviously your body has functions to do during the day to keep you alive. Keeping you alive is more important than recovering from a workout session, right? Like you have to survive, you have to move, you have to do podcasts, you have to listen to podcasts, like your body has to function, right? So the only real time you get to recover and repair your body mentally and physically is sleep. So if you're not getting adequate sleep, that is the first thing, first and foremost, you should be focusing on beyond any, you know, shakes or pills or foam rolling or massaging or whatever it is. Get some sleep. I, I guarantee if you get some sleep, you are going to properly recover. The next thing I want to say is you have to make sure you're you're setting up your exercise in a way that allows you to recover because I just have noticed most people don't even don't take that into consideration. They only view exercise as exercise, what they do in the gym. Newsflash to you, if you work out four days a week or five days a week or even six days a week, it's not the six hours you spend in the gym. It's the other hundreds of hours you spend outside of the gym that actually makes you recover and change. In in the gym, physically, you break your muscles down. That's cool. But if you're breaking things down but not letting them recover and heal, you are not going to see change. You're not going to recover. And if you don't recover, there's no... There's no real point even doing the workouts because you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to build more muscles. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to adapt to the stress that you're putting on your body. And again, and this leads me to the, the real point of this. It's like the best thing to do after a hard workout is to de-stress, like to calm your body down. De- that's why you see people go on the treadmill and do like a five minute quote unquote cool down, like de-stress your body. Like, for example, what I do right now is I walk back and forth to my gym, like on that walk home, like. I can tell I'm a little exhausted. I can tell like, you know, I'm a little bit fatigued. My, my, my body's still in kind of like that fight or flight mode. And funny story, when I went to Ben Pakulski's gym, he's one of the one of the top bodybuilders in the world. He, he had kind of had, I, I don't honestly, I've never actually looked into this, so I'm not sure. But he had, I don't know if it's bro science or it's real science, but he was talking about, you know, after your body is, is you, you go through a training session, your body's in, in a stress, in a fight or flight mode. So you're you're in this high stress mode and like, Anything you do is not really going to be beneficial because he was talking to somebody about eating after their workout. And he was like, listen, if you eat within, you know, five, ten minutes of your workout, you're not going to be able to properly digest that because your hormonal system and your and your cortisol is through the roof. So whatever food you put into your body is not going to get digested because, you know, your cortisol and your stress is so high. So, like, you know, wait 15, 20, 30 minutes, 60 minutes and then have a meal. And I was like, oh, holy shit, like. That kind of makes sense. Again, I've never actually looked into it, but I don't know. The guy's one of the best bodybuilders in the world, so it might be true. Um, it's maybe something to look into for myself. But uh, but yeah, leading back to what I was talking about, the best thing to do is de-stress your body. And the, yeah, if you go foam roll, that is uh, – foam rolling and massaging more than like – more than breaking down muscle tissue and like, you know, getting loose or whatever it is. Like that is – that happens, yeah. But more than that, it's 
it's getting your body out of a state of stress. Like you're, you're calming your body down. It, that's what a massage does. It's really just allowing you to de-stress and calm your body to help facilitate recovery. That, that is, that's the biggest thing. Again, if you're, if you're constantly stressed, you're not going to be able to recover properly. So like those kind of functions, whether it's foam rolling or massage or one of those guns you, you know, you, you, you gun yourself with to massage yourself. All that is, is, is calming down your body, letting your body kind of like de-stress. Like, yes, you're going to like loosen up muscle tissue, whatever for the short term, but mainly it's like, Hey, de-stress your body. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I would say as far as recover from a hard workout. And then beyond that, you can go into the, Hey, have 20 to 30 grams of protein and have 20 to 30 grams of carbs after your uh, workout. Like, and again, I've heard this a lot recently for some, whatever reason, gummy bears, but, um, people are saying, Oh, are gummy bears good for your post-workout? Like, yeah, gummy bears, I mean, any any type of carbs can be well for post-workout because it's going to help facilitate recovery. It's going to it's it's going to it's going to spike your insulin, but after a heavy strength training session, that's what you want, right? Like that's that's what you want to help so, to start to facilitate recovery. So, yeah, that that's the biggest things I would say as far as recovering after a uh, a hard workout. Um so yeah, that's my thoughts there. And then the last question I'm going to get into today is going to be binge eating and how to how to deal with binge eating. And I don't, I don't even know if I want to word it like that, but I guess I will. Um, the, the first thing first I'm going to say is you have to kind of get to the root of the, of why you are doing it. And I was going to say issue, but I don't even really want to put it as an issue. Like, yeah, obviously you don't want to, you know, binge eat, but like many, you know, people struggle with it. So I don't really, I, I don't know. Point being, how do you get to the root of the, of the, why you're doing the binge eating? For, for example, I've had people that are binge eating because they're over restricting their favorite foods. Their foods are off limits for an extended period of time. And they're like, okay, fuck this. I need to eat this food. So when they go to eat the food, they know they're not going to be able to have it again for three, six, nine months, one month, whatever it may be. And like, okay, well, if I can't have it after this, if, if I'm, if I'm not allowed to have it, let me have all of it while I do have it. Right? So that could be one thing right there. If you, if you are trying to over restrict too many foods, then that can lead you down a path of, okay, well, if I can't have it, I'm going to have it eventually because I love this food. I'm going to have it. And when I do have it, I'm going to go all out on it because I know I'm not, I'm not allowed to have it again, right? So I made a post about this on Instagram and I was like, listen, when you tell your kid to not touch something, they're going to touch it immediately. It's the same thing you do with foods. Like if you tell yourself, I can't have this food, you're going to just get want it, want it, want it that much more, right? So that would be, again, that, that could be one cause. Okay, cool. Don't over-restrict your favorite foods. Make sure that you're on a diet where you can still have your favorite foods in moderation and still lose weight. Like, for example, calorie counting, right? Like, do that. Uh, um, one more thing it could be is, you know, if, for example, if you're not eating a lot throughout the day and you get home at night and you're super starving, that can easily lead you to overeat and binge because you're not – at some point, your body has to get the calories. Like you, your body has to get the energy it needs to survive, right? So it's like if you are super, super, super restricting during the day, you're going 10, 12, 14 hours without eating. When you do end up eating, you're you're going to get your calories. Like you're, you're going to be hungry. Your body needs fuel. Your body needs energy. It, it needs to eat. But the thing is you haven't eaten for 12 hours. So instead of eating a, a normal sized meal, you're going to have a huge meal and then have some dessert and then have thirds after that because you're starving. And it takes, it takes longer for those hunger, those, those hunger hormones to kick in because, or to, to, to stop because 
you're starving. So you're just going to eat, 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 eat. And that's when you eat so much and you feel gross and you're like, oh my God, why did I just do this? But I was so hungry. Oh my God. Like you get into this battle with yourself after that. And it's like, listen, if you just would have had a protein shake in the morning and something at lunch, like you probably would have not been starving when you got home and you probably would not have overeaten because you were more full throughout the day. Your body had more nutrients. Your body had more fuel to work with. So again, if that's why, cool, right there. Like you can fix that. Okay, cool. Have some, have a protein shake in the morning, and have some fruit at lunch, and do whatever, whatever. If you can't have a big, huge meal, fine. Like do something to where you're not so starving at night. Um, so that could be one thing. Another thing I see a lot is, again, if you're using food as, as an emotional crutch, and this is a bit more in depth of a topic. But again, if you, if you are using food as that, as that emotional feel good, you have to remember, and I say this all the time, but if hunger is not the issue, food is not the problem, right? Like if, if you're, if your kid came to you and was like, you know, I, I really don't like this, this, this kid is bullying me at school. He, he's making me, he's making fun of me. He's not, I don't, I don't feel well. What should I do? You're not going to hand him a bag of Doritos and say, here, eat all these. Like you, that doesn't make sense. You wouldn't do that. You'd say, go kick his ass. Right. But like, for you know whatever reason, right now you are using food as your emotion. You have to realize separating the the emotional response versus the logical response. And there's a you know there's a few ways you go about this. You can make sure that you know if, if you if you are having this urge, cool. Make sure you text your accountability partner, text your coach, email your coach, text your best friend, and say spell out what you're about to do. Because nine times out of ten, when you have to write it out, your logical side of your brain kicks in. And I've had this so much when people do check-ins with me. They're, for example, if the scale went up one day or something, they want to say, oh my God, I'm so upset. I'm so angry. But then they actually say, yeah, like, you know, my scale went up, da, 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 but like, I know it's just water weight. I know I had more sodium. Like, I know, okay, it's probably fine. But if they didn't have me, they probably would have just said, oh, fuck this. I quit. Right. So you have to find ways where like, for example, you have to set a timer. So, you know, if you, if you are on the verge of doing a, you know, having a binge, like set a 15 minute timer. You have to wait all those 15 minutes. If after the 15 minutes you still want to eat, cool. Like, you go ahead and eat. But, like, after those 15 minutes, you're probably going to be like, okay, like, I thought about it. I thought things through. I, I emailed my coach. I texted my best friend, whatever it was. I had glasses of water. Like, I had two glasses of water in that 15-minute span. So, maybe I'm not as hungry as I thought or, I'm, you know, I don't need – my stomach is now full so I don't need food. There's plenty of ways that it could go. But getting to the – the root of, of why it's happening is going to be your best bet because if not, you're just you're just going to be picking at straws. You don't know what's going on. You have to go beyond like, okay, I'm binge eating, but why? Why is that happening? And and if it is happening for X, Y, or Z reasons, then you reverse engineer a bit more from there. Again, if you're if you just know that you don't eat much throughout the day, cool, eat more throughout the day. Like so, you're not as starving when you get home. So there's plenty of ways to go about it. But um, yeah, guys, that is uh, that is the Q and A podcast for today. Um, I'm enjoying doing these. I hope you're enjoying listening to them. Um, if you have a question you want answered on the podcast, shoot me an email, shoot me a message, shoot me a, a DM, a comment, whatever it is, and uh, I will try to get them on the podcast here. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll talk soon.